Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fountain Pen and Stationery, Episode Two. I'm your host, Frank. Hello, I'm Collins. I am our co-host. And uh, well, we are finally moving on to Episode Two.、Uh, episode One did actually fairly well, according to the、uh, RSS feed. So,、uh, well, today's episode, I guess we will be discussing more, slightly more in depth regarding to the our everyday and our general fountain pen、um, nib usage and the experience with our different type of nibs. So, well, Collins, do you want to start, or do you want me to start? Yeah, I can start.、Um, okay. Well, since our episode one, we were very general about like just a shotgun of different topics to start everything off of.、Um, today, we're going to go a little bit more into how, like, what we like in the pen nibs that we use. And last time, I spoke about how I really like using stub nibs. Stub nibs are my absolute favorite. I feel like、um, when I'm writing, what like. It's easier to hide certain imperfections in your own personal handwriting to use a stub nib, so it makes it look a little bit more elegant. It also keeps, at least for me, it keeps my my、uh, my strokes more stable because it's such a flat, big、um, surface area that's hitting the paper. It keeps my 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 strokes a little bit more stable, so it makes it even look a little bit neater.、Um, Okay. Yeah. So I mean, do you use stub like all the time, or is it just a general preference that you want to use stubs、uh, whenever you can? I mean, it's it's almost always like I have one stub nib、um, inked up per week. I usually have three pins inked up at any particular time, and usually one's a stub nib.、Um, last time we talked about uh, uh, the. Pilot vanishing point stub nib, if you recall, and I actually have some feedback、uh, response to that one.、Um, where last week I said it was a, or last time I said it was a one point one stub, it's actually a one point zero stub, so it is thinner. Doesn't make like, okay, is a one okay? When they say one point oh, is like a Japanese one point oh, or is it like a European one point oh? Well, I think they're actually measuring the width of it in millimeters, so I think it's actually like a one point oh millimeter stub nib. So, like an actual one point oh. Okay. Yeah, it's an actual one point zero stub nib, and I, I don't see why they would mess around with that measurement.、Um, but it's it's a little different from your normal everyday stub nib because this is a gold stub nib. So does this、it's、one a, is that one writes like、uh, a little bit? I wait, but then typically you prefer gold because gold is a little bit、uh, more bouncy and cushiony. How does that translate not, on the vanishing point? Yeah, so that's that's the that's the tricky point.、Um, you know, usually you get stub nibs and they're steel nib, right? They're they're made of steel, which、yeah. gives it that hard edge. It makes it very stiff. And that's actually desirable in a stub nib. You actually want it to be stiffer. You want it to hold that shape. Because of the gold stub nib part of the vanishing point nib,、um, it actually makes it a little soft. It actually kind of sticks to the paper a little bit more and makes it a little more it makes it more difficult to write. So that's not because、yeah. the nib is not tuned correctly. It's just the nib itself is actually softer. So when you when you apply pressure, it's easier to dig in. That's what you're saying. Yep. 
Yep. I mean, there is, you just have to correct how you're writing with this stub nib versus uh, other steel nibs. It's just a different way of writing, but you can find yourself getting caught on the paper a little bit. Not, not like, it's not like you're tearing the paper, but it's like you have to follow where the nib wants to go a little bit more than you would other kinds of nibs. Okay. And, yeah. uh, huh. Oh, 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 by the way, um, for this stub nib, is it like a, uh, I would say it's like a smooth stub nib or is it more like some of those crisp italic stub? Like, um, you know, I'm talking about the really, really sharp stubs. No, it's not sharp. It's more rounded off. So it's more of like a traditional, at least in terms of the shape, it's not like a crisp italic. It's more of a traditional stub nib at that point. Um, it's more so how the nib itself flexes as you're using it on the paper. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sounds interesting. Maybe I can grab one from a Goulet or something. I mean, yeah. they're like I, 70 just... bucks, right? For the uh, either one, the finishing point nib replacement unit. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a little... I mean, you're getting a nib for 70 bucks. That's not too bad, I guess. Uh, gold nib for 70 bucks, I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's a tiny it's nib, the... but... Uh, it's not awful, but... Also you not know. cheap. Yeah, I, I can yeah. tell. It's but I mean, that's, that's how everything goes in, in the pen world, right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, on my end is, uh, of course, I typically use just medium or fine. Uh, I have the stub nib uh, ink up right now, but mm -hmm. like I said, it's a 1.9. It's the Frenton Christoph that I use as a highlighter at the moment. I think there's a green highlighting pen. I think mm -hmm. it's actually the Sailor Green Monster. I think one of those <laughs> Japanese limited uh, ink I got from like in a simple vial. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that actually worked out pretty well right now as a highlighting pen. And uh, the other Twispy Eco that I haven't, it's just kind of been on the side I haven't been using, which means, uh, like I said, I, I might want to throw a base state blue in it because uh hey, hey, hey not using that stub uh that pen anyway so i might as well do something with it wait so you have uh noodler's base state blue ink no I'm, I'm gonna try to purchase that the next time i need to buy some uh, fountain pen purchases and just put that now, into the twispy eco let's let, let's give a little context as to why the base the noodler's base state blue is an interesting ink uh well i mean um it is just one of those really bright blue searing ink that Newler has mm -hmm. um, that Newler has published. Mm -hmm. It is very bright, very colorful, but the issue yep. with that ink is that it stains literally everything that it touches. When like once basically once it get onto a surface, you it's really difficult to wash it off. And uh, I believe the only way to wash it off is to use a uh, water with a ten percent bleach to get a color to yep. get rid of a color. So once you and, use and that, I think it's like a permanent pen to use it unless you want to start nuking your pen with bleach, which is not recommended for most pens. I would say. Right, and specifically, it's it's. A different kind of permanent ink than just like your noodler's black or your sailor carbon black inks right it's it doesn't just stain paper it also stains the cartridges that use the ink which is specifically why noodler's base day blue is so interesting 
Yeah, it's um, do, you... it's not a permanent ink. So at least it's not labeled as permanent ink. I don't, I don't think. But then it's uh, an internal ink. <laughs> I, I, not, I don't even think Newler stay label as eternal because eternal is a very specific word that they use for like anti. Any kind anti of anti theft, anti production yeah, stuff. Anti, yeah, it, it's not it's not even labeled as internal, but it's very stainy. <laughs> it it right lingers. Yeah, uh, basically blue basically. lingers. Yes. So yeah, that's what I plan to do with my current stub for eco. I mean, I might as well do something with it. Um. Other yeah. than that, I think uh, my most used nib is just a normal median fine nib. Uh, I think I have a um, the green. What's the what's the green called from Lamy? I think Lamy Petrol. That mm -hmm. is currently in my pen BBS, the, the short little one. The, yeah, the yeah, the Chinese one where one. you, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think I also that. So I mean, that one is interesting because I did not realize that until I just inked it in. Now the the pen BBS nib is really dry, like like you know the the petrol is supposed to like have a little bit of color variation. I think. It, if you if you're using concentration, it even sheens a little bit. Yeah, the petrol has a little bit of a sheen quality in the ink. Yeah, I don't see that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like with the well, pen BBS nib, you don't. You see said it. the pen BBS nib is a medium. It's a medium. Is a is a medium. It's actually closer to a European medium. Okay. From what I can tell, but it's just really really dry. So you, you you really don't see any color variation from it. At least the one I have right now and the other two that I own, they all tend to be dry right on the dry side. But then the one I currently using dries especially dry. I think I need to probably take out the nib and kind of fix it if I can. Yeah. And uh, I tend to go yeah. away any any time I have like a dry nib or anything like that. I tend to just not use it. Really? Like, uh, for me, if they are too dry, I will, like, try to fix it. <laughs> like, I think, I think How do the you... uh, Prera, the Pilot Prera and the Pilot uh, Cavalier, they are both really, uh, they are really on the dry side at the beginning when I owned it, actually. I think for, throughout college, actually, the Prayer runs especially dry. The Cavalier runs a little bit more wet. I always thought that just a nature, the nature of a pen without doing too much research back then. So I just kind of accepted it. Like I kind of accept the fact that if I put the uh, my gray ink back then, the uh, show you a what's that one called? The gray pilot. I have ink. it right here. Fuyu Siogun. Yes, that one. Uh, Fuyu Siogun. Um, if you put that one in there and use a prayer, which is a fine nib, I can barely see that color on any kind of paper. So, so after a while, I just I just don't use that. Don't use a gray ink in that pen. So the 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 Fuyu Siogun is a Pilot Hiroshi Zuku uh, gray ink. It's a shading ink. Shading ink meaning that like as you as you're writing it, um, it'll show different levels of depth in the color as it goes from lighter to dark as where, where you're pressing the pen harder or when the ink pulls a little bit more, you're going to get a darker color. Um, but if you're putting 
if you're using that ink in a very fine tip nib, you're not really going to see all that much because it's kind of light gray. Yeah, correct. And uh, not even just fine nib. It's, I think it's the amount of water, the amount of ink that it lets out too. Yeah. It just give out so little amount of ink that uh, there is no room for variation in terms of the uh, color. So, I mean, for a while, I always thought that's the case until I, I got in, I got back in the hobby after I started working. And from the looks of it, I, I took it under microscope. The uh, prayer is actually, is actually super, super tight on the nib. And mm. uh, I need to open up a little bit. And after that, I think it writes a lot better than before. Oh. So how... You yeah, were yeah. talking about, or you were talking a little bit earlier, and I kind of want you to go a little bit more in depth than that. So if you find that you have a pen that is a little more dry, how do you make it more wet, or how do you modify it to write better? So, I mean, for, uh, what can I say? I would say nip tuning is a little bit on the dangerous side. <laughs> Of course, of course. Of course. You're, always, you're always putting your, your own pen at risk when you decide to, to mess with yeah, it, right? But, if you, but let's say you have like a throwaway $10 pen you want to mess around with and you needed to write a little bit more wet. How would you go about that doing it? Okay, so, you go about doing that? so let's say if you start with a Safari. Not Safari. Um, what's that one called? The, no, the, $9, the $9 pen. Varsity. The $9 ones, uh, you basically cannot refill pen. Well, technically, it can be refilled if you really want to make it. But the Varsity mm -hmm. uh, Pilot, the Varsity Fountain Pen. Mm -hmm. um, if you, you, you can always, if you look at the nib carefully with a times 10 or times 30 microscope, I would typically recommend at least a times 20, even though I think the most majority uh, pen shop sells a times 10 because times 10 is probably the most common and the easiest to use but i would say try to get a times 20 or times 30 if you can because they do help you to narrow down the issue a little bit better because of course it's a bigger zoom but right. at the same time it's harder to use um but with the times 20 times 30 if you zoom in you can probably see how tight the time is together what you want to get is to the point that the times barely touches i would say like if you buy a i believe most pen shop nowadays carries copper shin shim which is just a very a very thin piece of brass a brass shim i'm sorry not copper shim brass shim and then some people use it to clean it to clean their pen um i use it to tune the nib sometimes and uh, what you do is i you want to get to the point that uh the brass shim can just fit into the tip of a pen with a very light pressure. I think that at right. that point, that's actually a pretty good uh, is a pretty good uh, place to stop tuning your nib. Um, because any if you open it too wide, you're gonna get the interior. The interior of your nib is gonna open up too wide, and uh, they they are not really fine grinded in a sense because they don't they want to avoid base bottom like we previously discussed in the other episodes. And if you open up too wide, it, your pen will become scratchy again because the, uh, the rougher you can also get interior will get exposed. 
you can also get hard starts, right? Because if you're the the pen, the the fountain pen nib works based on capillary action, right? You're allowing the liquid to flow through the the two tines of the pen nib, and so if it's too tight. Um, it gets really scratchy. It doesn't have enough water flow um, or ink flow. Um, and if they're pulled a little bit too far, then there's no capillary. The, the, the capillary is too wide for there to be adequate ink flow. And then you just have a dry pen. Right. Like I think ideally from the breathing hole, which is a center, you see like a little center, either a square, a circle, or heart shape. There's a hole punch in the middle of your nib. And the, yeah. the slit. Some pens don't have that, and it's interesting. Um, but really? most pens will have it. Like there's um, the Faber Castell uh, uh, pens. Some of them don't have that hole, and I'm not actually sure why. Like maybe it's just a little bit wider at the base, and it just narrows, so you don't need the hole. Not sure why they don't have one, but interesting. They don't. Huh. Okay, I need to look it up on that one then. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think generally from the very top of the slit, you want it to like slowly narrow down toward the bottom. Okay, so I mean, that's, that's slowly narrow down the bottom, so the capillary action was still able to lead your ink from the top all the way to the end of your, the end of your tip because capillary, the, yep. the water flows toward like a, toward the closer side, basically. The more narrow mm -hmm. side, not closer side, the more narrow side. There is a, there is a, 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 how do you say it? A cheaper way of doing that, uh, of modifying your nib. And I do that with air quotes with my fingers. There is a cheaper way of doing it. And it's a, I should say, but it's a more dangerous way of modifying your nib, which is to lightly press down on the paper with your pen. Which uh, will, yeah, obviously. I mean, okay. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I would not recommend it. No. Uh, no, I, I would definitely not recommend it. Um, I think JetPem actually put that as their primary recommendation of how to tune your nib. Mm -hmm. I, I think what they show is uh, having a backup, uh, having your finger pressed firmly against the back. Actually, you know what? Let me just look it up right now. Uh, yeah. JetPem so tuning, fountain pen. But it is a it is a very dumb way of forcing your nibs to spread out just a little bit. But the problem with that is that you are far stronger as a human being than that tiny little piece of metal. So it's extremely easy to just immediately smash your nib wide open and you'll never be able to use that pen again. Yeah, okay. No, that's not that's not even the issue. The issue is okay, they they um, under their option is check the nib slit. Mm -hmm. And uh, they they talk about how to align it, and what they show is you press like where the hole is, and you press down on the paper. Okay. Mm. Mm hmm. That is okay. I would say fifty percent of the time, if you get lucky, and yep. if you if you didn't, if your nib is made in the right way. The issue with doing that kind of tuning is that you will literally create a V shape. Uh, you you basically what the V shape means that the uh, the bottom of your nib is gonna become wider than the top of your nib, and mm -hmm. you will inevitably introduce a scratchiness to your nib if you are not careful. Right. 
Uh, that it should be said that you should never we do not recommend doing any of these things to your pens you should probably consult a nib smith or if the pen is cheap enough you might as well just look around for a different pen don't go trying to f up your your, your pen nib actually i would advise the opposite if even pen is cheap enough you might as well do it because the nib smith service is like 30 bucks minimum oh fair if the pen that's why i said like if the pen is cheap enough just go buy a different one if you have like a I don't know if you have like a Lamy, um, Lamy two thousand. Don't 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 mess with that. Well, if you're not comfortable, yeah. But yeah. should I should I give the advice on how to do it though? I, I think I kind of feel like I should. Let's uh, let's 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 not do it today. Let's <laughs> let's not do that today. Well, I mean, it's not it's not mm, it's not hard. It's difficult to really screw it up. It's difficult to are, screw it up, or is it easy to screw it up? It's difficult to really screw it up if you are careful. Does that yes. make sense? Sure. The, the method but, I use. I, I, but that's that's the problem, right? Like, how do you define carefulness and like nib nib uh, uh, modifications? Well, just uh, generally how careful you are. <laughs> as a person and how much your hand shakes i guess if your hand shakes a lot i would yeah definitely give it to somebody else to try it out but if yeah. you if have a stable hand and the, if you are patient and stable hand i think you can you can tune your nib pretty um too how about this how about this before. why don't we if people really want to hear how you specifically uh tune your nibs then 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 we'll see if we get enough requests but otherwise i don't know if i want to uh necessarily inform people how exactly to do anything uh, okay fine fine <laughs> okay uh okay fine <laughs> um we can okay so what's next uh Please consult your local pen doctor if you know if this prescription is right for you. Yeah, well, I mean, there there's some there's actually some Nibsmith on, I believe the Reddit fountain pen and some of the some website, uh, not website, the uh, some of the forms. A lot of people actually offer to look at to look at it or help you figure it out for you if you're mm -hmm. local to them. I mean, of yeah. course, uh, COVID throws a wrench to like the monthly, bi-monthly gathering for a lot of local pen, pen clubs. But then once mm -hmm. it's back alive or back online, I think that's actually one of the better source for you to, uh, to have your pen looked at. And even if you can't, even if they're not nowhere nearby, um, for example, I believe I saw quite a bit Reddit's um, users all offers it. A lot of the user actually mm. offers it free, as you just pay for shipping, and then they can look at they can look at it for you. But of course, if you want to get a professional options, I think uh, uh, the general price for the tuning a nib is like twenty thirty bucks. So if you're up to it, or if you want to spend the money and just make sure everything writes as as you want, uh, that twenty thirty bucks is probably well spent if you don't want to risk ruining your nib for it. There is, a, um, I can go into a little bit about how I tune my stub nibs. So, I mean, stub nibs are a little bit easier in my opinion because they're just a flat sheet of metal. There isn't any kind of tipping material as far as I know. Do you do you know? I, th I think it's just the flat sheet of metal, isn't it? Uh, no, that is only for the steel version. 
most of the yeah, gold just for version, the steel ones. Yeah, yeah. Most of the gold version actually comes with a lot of tempi material. Actually, more tempi yeah. material than normal. Yeah, but gold stub nibs are a very different kind of beast, as we were talking about earlier. But if we were talking about just the basic steel stub nib, um, I find that sometimes when I get one, they can be a little scratchy, um, depending on how that 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 stub has been cut. And so um, I think Goulet pens, jet pens, they all sell like a very, very, very fine grain, um, like sandpaper, like like uh, like a like a fine um, abrasive paper. And you just take your stub nib, ink it up a little bit. You don't want to do it dry. Um, you can ink it up with like just some throwaway ink, like one of those cartridges, those blue and black cartridges that you get with your pens that they give you for some reason, but none of us ever use. So um, I just put one of those in and just do figure eights on that abrasive paper. And what that'll do is you're, ne you're not really going to ruin the stub nib. Like all you're going to do is just try to like, smooth out that edge so that when you're writing with it it's a little smoother and that's that's the only real kind of nib tuning that i'll do is is, is getting that stub nib to it's write a little the middle stub cleaner. because i mean the worst thing is you just go shorten the nib a little bit and redo it <laughs> right right it's fine right yeah, don't no. do it to a gold stub nib do not do that to a gold stub nib that's a terrible idea but with a steel stub nib i i think that's a pretty um, easy thing to do, especially with with how cheap stub nibs usually are and how cheap the abrasive paper is. And if you just want to do it, like it's it's pretty easy. Yeah, I think the abrasive paper you're talking about. Well, there's two kinds, right? There's a micro mesh, which is a uh, typically a twelve thousand grit backed cloth. Um, that's micro mesh, and then there mm -hmm. is also the mylar paper. Yeah, that has like mylar zero point one micron, and mylar paper it is a plastic back. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference between mylar paper and the uh, micro mesh is, is an interesting thing. Okay, micro mesh actually has a uh, rougher grid than the micro mesh, mm -hmm. but a lot of users think that they actually get a smoother writing experience out of uh, like smoothing out their pen and nib using a micro mesh instead of mylar paper. Yeah, I've I found better use out of my mylar paper than the micro mesh. Um, I, I I just like using it. Okay. Yeah. So because the main thing is um, micro mesh, it is a um, rougher sanding material, but it also has a it is soft backed basically. Mm -hmm. So so when you write it, it gives, and if it gives, it actually rounds off the edge of your pen and nib. So due to that, it's actually a little bit um. It will create around the edge basically as a finishing product. It will not create a finer, finer finish, but you will create a rounder finish than a mylar, assuming you didn't rotate your hand enough or you didn't rotate your hand as much as it needed. And uh, the mylar is plastic, so if you put it on the hard surface, it won't move. But if you put the mylar paper on like a really soft material like leather, thick leather, or like a, just mm -hmm. a mouse pad in general, they can give a little bit and they can give you a little bit of. Better finishes if you want. Yeah. Um. For between oh, also if you really short on those uh, um tuning materials, you can use nail polish sticks. Like um, really really fine. I believe most of the time they're called polishing grade. Uh, they are gray colored. And nail uh, polish sticks. Yeah, nail polish sticks. 
Actually, in fact, I think mm. a lot of Nibmeister does uh, when they are in a paint show, they actually use that at a paint show because it's oh, wow. easy for them to transport it. Yeah, so. I think I must be imagining something else with with nail filing. I think I have the wrong thing that I pictured, but okay. Yeah, it's one of those a little phone stick that has a uh, polish. Oh, has a, yeah, yeah, that. Sorry, I heard you incorrectly. When I heard nail polish sticks, I heard the conjoined word nail polish space sticks, not nail space polish space sticks. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's those like it's those multicolored like uh, 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 like bars that have different um, grid abrasive right. grits, right? And so you go through each individual one to polish your your bare naked nails. Yeah. So yeah, and yeah, those would totally work. Yeah, you just want to use the finest one. Like don't don't yeah. don't use any of the other grit, but just use the finest one, and you'll be fine. And the actually the interesting thing is for nail polishing not nail polish i'm sorry for nib polishing like smoothing on the nib like when some people say that the nib they got it, it's a little bit rougher than night they want to rough they want to round it off they want to polish it a little bit this kind of um complaint actually doesn't happen in asia as much like in asian forms really? especially taiwan or chinese forms they actually I, I do not see as much in fact they have a uh, term called i think Baobi or Baobi, it literally means um, you just use it and you use it enough so that it become the shape that you want. And uh, so it's more people... like you're you're using the pen nib until the pen nib conforms to how you write. Yes. So they don't they don't see the need of tuning it. They just see the pen as evolving, or maybe if you want to use like a gamer turn, like the pen is leveling up to the experience that you're using it in. Yeah, in a sense, you kind of just break in. in a, for cars, in, for car people, you just kind of break in the pen. But then, or like uh, headphones, you you break. There's a break-in period. Yeah, oh, it's oh, just oh. a break-in period. It's not like hours, but like months. Yeah, <laughs> I think most people report like they, it takes about like half a year sometimes to break in a fountain pen to to so it writes the same. And mm -hmm. because they use, of course they use a normal paper, they don't use any like sort of abrasive, so it has to wear out the rough edges enough to the point that it actually feels smoother. And, and paper uh, is actually abrasive; is a slight abrasive in and of itself, right? So I mean, not not super abrasive, but there is a surface to it, and it will impart friction to the pen nib. So over time, it's going to wear. Yeah, but I think um, if you use a better, like higher quality paper. The wear mm -hmm. actually slows down a little bit because the uh, much higher quality paper, they are not, most of them are coated. Right. Yeah, so the coating actually uh, stops the abrasion a little bit, in my opinion, compared to, so what say, you do uh, brown bag, which is mm -hmm. super abrasive paper <laughs> compared to the rest. Right, and so what you do is you take some of your, you know, computer paper and just go to town on that for a couple of days, and then you should be fine, right? Um, not even normal computer paper. Uh, uh, some of them use a copy paper. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, clear copy paper because it's super rough, and uh, they they try to use that to smooth out the the nib a little bit when they mm -hmm. don't have mylar or polishing, and they don't want to get too aggressive with it. That's uh, some of it actually does use that, and uh, some people recommend. I think some people on the forum recommend the paper bag, here 
that brown paper bag, but I personally wouldn't recommend it because there's too much fiber in the nib. So when you go to like get to go at some restaurant, just take that bag and just rub your pen on it for a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's basically the idea, but I I wouldn't do it. It's you'll create more problem than that you're trying to solve because now you got to deal with all the fiber that's stuck in your nib. Right, and I think okay, going back to I, I we had some feedback on um, where we are because you you ha- you get you talk a lot about uh, how Asian communities like Taiwan um, deal with pens. So where are you located? Well, um, we are both in, uh, we're in USA and, uh, on, we are on, uh, on the West coast, basically. I wouldn't, yeah. I, I mean, pretty much people can figure out where I live after I talk for a while, but, uh, typically on the West coast, USA, I'm a generation 1.5 immigrant. You can probably tell from my accent. And so I have the, uh, advantage or the disadvantage of, uh, being a Chinese uh, Mandarin as my first primary language. Now it's probably more fluent English. Uh, well, my English is probably more fluent in terms of speaking, but somehow for some reason reading Mandarin is still faster. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I read both forms in different languages and it mm-hmm. helps me to get a little more information compared to a, a pure English only form. And it's interesting to uh, see how, how different culture and the like the separate cultures approach the fountain pen hobby in general. Yeah. So I'm from, um, I was born in the USA and I'm also on the West coast of the United States. Um, English is my primary language. I do speak, um, some other languages, but, um, English is prime primary language. Um, and yeah, West coast, West coast, United States. <laughs> I mean, you're second generation, right? With second, third, even considered second uh, generation. My parents were 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 from Hong Kong, so I I guess you'd call me second generation. That's what it is. Or well, I mean, first if, gen- if they're immigrant, I believe you're immigrant here, and then they you're born native to America. You're second generation. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm always confused about the the first, second, third generation stuff. But okay, second generation. Okay, yeah, yeah, then you're a second gen. But yeah, yeah. so, I mean, uh, for us, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty much like 60% American washed, Americanized, I would say, which give me a weird spot sometimes socially, no, well, not socially, um, ethnic traditionally, I would say. But I mean, it's fine. And I, I think uh, this helped me with a different, easier to get different approaches on things sometimes. Um. Right. So, let me see. Where were we? We were on nibs. Oh, actually, that actually brought up the very good uh, topic next for brown since the brown bag was covered. Uh, the brown bag was brought up. How do you clean your nib typically? Because, How do I clean my nib? Yeah, like like you know, after you use your fountain pen nib for a while, like for extended period of time, sometimes you'll get gunk or like fibers stuck in it like how do you typically clean it so i let me let me first say that i have a pretty good pen cleaning uh, routine right now um i document when i ink up my pens um on a uh, a google spreadsheet and i document how long i've been using them and at a certain point i will 
clean them up. So I'll, every pen at least gets cleaned up at least once a month. So I rarely have to deal with uh, gunk stuck in my pens. It does happen. Um, and when I do, uh, honestly, soap and water works pretty well. I take... Um, I, I take apart the entire pen, I take the nib and the feed out um, when I can, and just kind of let it soak in soapy water if there's a lot of gunk in it. And the soap water tends to be able to loosen all that stuff up. Um, if it's really tough, what I do is I leave it in the soapy water overnight, and by the following day, it's usually okay. Um, otherwise, you just kind of scrub it off. Uh, rinse it under uh, water. If you're really, really uh, nervous about getting like, like um, calcium water stuck on your nib, then you can use like filtered or drinking water uh, to 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 clean off your nibs. And then you just dry it, and then that's it. Yeah. Um, there's usually if you do it that way, it's usually not an issue. Um, my main problem with cleaning pens is more so with the cartridge or the the, the either the converter or the, the cartridges or the um the piston fillers the piston sure. fillers are always a pain to clean up wait wait why would you have issue with cartridges though because uh wait how do you clean your cartridge uh it, it, i usually do the method where you suck up water and then you like you twist it back out, you suck it up, you twist it back out. Um, sometimes you can get water on the opposite end of the of the of the plunger. Um, sometimes you just don't get the ink out. It depends on the cartridge. Like I feel like the Lamy cartridges are a little bit harder to take apart. Wait, um, but that's converter the... though. That's not cartridge. Sorry, my bad. Converter, converter not right? cartridge. Okay. Converter. Sorry, okay. my bad. You, yeah, yeah, you yeah because the wrong I word. thought like. Uh cartridge that you you just take a needle you know that you just take a blunt point needle and just flush it out if it's a cartridge sorry i don't use cartridges i i i have a giant box full of those that i have never used really i actually use cartridge quite a bit nowadays because really? i find it yeah because i find it easier to clean using it i just i, I mean look okay so converter it is what's the easiest for me to say it Converter is a little bit harder in terms of the plastic material. So, like uh, for example, on my uh, Nakaya and on my uh, other pens, uh, sometimes I felt that if I consistently unplug and plug it in using the converter, I might mm -hmm. wear out the plastic either on the pen itself. Uh, actually, not either. I'm just afraid I'm gonna wear out the plastic on the pen itself. Mm. So with a uh, with a cartridge, cartridge plastic is super soft. Right. Right. So like to me, like I I wouldn't have any kind of those fears like gonna wear out my pen like where where it breaks the cartridge as long as I reuse it. So it doesn't even have to push through like uh, the initial seal. So there's really no wear, the minimum amount of wear that happens in my opinion. So right. and it's easier to clean than the converter. Like you said, like you, you have a little bit of issues um, trying to com get it completely clean because sometimes yep. the ink gets stuck somewhere. Yep. Um, Maybe it's a good idea, just because even I messed up my terms, right? Like, the cartridge is the 
it comes pre-filled with ink for your pen and it's kind of a plug and go thing it you just plug it into you open up your pen you plug the cartridge in and your pen is basically ready to go the converter is kind of is like a it allows you to fill your own ink into it and then use that into your pen right i mean converter typically i think the most converter nowadays people use are piston type yep. i think pilot has a um, squeegee that they, they kind of try to face out, I think. It's a Converter 20, CN20, I believe. And then they mm -hmm. also have a uh, vacuum pump version. I think a CN70. Oh, yes. Those are the... Yeah, those are the special... Um, those are the special pens. Yeah, but I think that one is actually really hard to clean out, too. It is exceptionally hard to clean out. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're in like a super small portion. Oh, CON70, not CN7, CON70, Converter70. Yep, 70. CON70. 70. Yeah, because uh, you always have some ink stuck behind the uh, fountain pen. Oh, yeah. It's it's like the, um, the R823. There's always that tiny bit of ink that gets stuck behind the plunger that I cannot completely wash out. So the That's why color... I never use the Con 70. I never use the Con 70. <laughs> okay. So yeah, for me, um I it, I, I, I don't think I have a regular cleaning schedule. I just clean it as I finish using them. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense to you. Uh I mean I typically go through pens ink in roughly two weeks and uh, depends on the how wet the ink itself actually it matters quite a bit for example on a uh, weather pen my titan uh i have a titan nib with the uh with a modified feed that i weather myself too the titanium nib the titanium nib wait yeah. no the titanium doesn't have a widen feed that was my architect nib that has a widen feed that they okay. both write really, really wet, but the Titanium web is even wetter. Um, mm -hmm. On that one, I think actually, I can actually go through an entire, completely full fill of a, a Conid, uh, Conid minimal, Minimalistica, the, the big... Uh, it, it, that can hold a, a lot of ink. Yeah, yeah, I think it can hold like 1.7 or something close to 2. I can use that entire thing possibly in about a week or two. Wow. If I geez. just write with it because with a with a with a wet ink, I think it's a gusher. Like my media nib writes like a <laughs> writes like a like broad. a fountain. Like a fountain pen? <laughs> yes, basically like a fountain pen. Like a <laughs> little fountain. It, 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 uh -huh. it, it, if I use normal copy paper, like uh, our plotting paper. It actually soaked through the entire page and you can see it just completely goes through it. Wow, jeez. Yeah, so um, due to that and how often I use it, I don't think I had the specific cleaning schedule. Mm -hmm. I do have like a typical cleaning routine for me is um, if I find a pen nib to be too dirty, I do try to soak it a little bit, but then if not, um, I have the bulb syringe that Gula tend to sell. I think pretty much you can buy it in most of the baby stores as well. I have two of these, um, two sizes. Well, not two sizes, two of the same size, but I cut one of them to be shorter. So the shorter one, because the uh, baby, the 
slope syringe, it becomes wider toward the end. So if right. you, yeah, so if you cut the end, you actually make the hole bigger. And the, if the hole is bigger, it can fit into different types of uh, pen, the, the pen head. So you can use that yeah. to flush different pens. Yeah, specifically the Lamy, um, the Lamy pen, the Lamy Safari, like it, the hole is a little bit wider. So having that bulb syringe cut a little bit, ha having a wider opening allows you to flush it out a little bit easier. Yeah, um, I think that's actually really useful. Typically, you just I, I kind of force the water through it in and out about two times, and then that, that gets the whole pen pretty much cleaned. Uh, there is, of course, sometimes you will have a little bit residual ink left in the pen. And when that happens, That's... I just fill the cartridge converter. Actually, I don't even do that with cartridge converter pens because you can just completely force flush it. Um, yeah. I do for with... Pissed, for... Yeah. Sorry, for piston filler pens, it's a lot harder to clean all that stuff out, right? When you don't have some kind of cartridge or a converter, um, pens that have a built-in um, ink storage, they're, they tend to be a little bit harder to clean out. So the way I combat that is I try to always just use the same ink color in that pen. So even if it does mix, it's usually unnoticeable. Um, for piston, I think easiest for me to do is after, I mean, of course, I, if you just keep twisting after a while, it gets tiresome. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's... sometimes when I have the time or while I'm working, I just literally fill the entire thing with water and I just let it run. I put, I get a cup, I put some paper towel on the bottom and I just put a nib um, facing down like a normal writing position and I just let the uh, capillary action pulls the ink away from the pen. Like, oh, that's a couple actually times. pretty smart. I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, yeah. After I think that actually gets the nib pretty clean as well. So after mm -hmm. a few times, it actually clears up the, uh, the inside of your pen pretty well. And the inside of your nib units pretty well. So that's how I clean my, uh, the uh, pilot one, actually. The pilot and uh, sometimes the other cone a little bit when I'm too lazy to completely keep flushing it. And actually that brought up something. Um, you said that you like to use uh, soap water, right? For your pen? Yeah. Yeah, I I realize that you actually don't want to do that with a piston filler. Oh, of course not. You do not want to do that with a piston filler. Yeah, because the the, the soap actually it degreases the uh, silicone <laughs> lubricant on, on the uh, on on the on the actual piston. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like it's gonna cease. And I think uh, if anyone unfortunate enough to do that, uh, you either had to take apart your pen afterwards to re to mm -hmm. to relube it. Well, alternatively, you can try to get a super lubricated ink and then use it for a prolonged period of time and hopefully the uh, the added lubricant. I think some ink is actually advertised to do that. You use yeah, there's ink. some inks that yeah. are sold as lubricated. Yeah, and when you do that, it will you know, help out with the seizing a little bit better. But in general, if you have a piston filler or like anything that has a, a rubber seal inside i would not recommend flushing your pen with the soap water unless and I should it's say absolutely that, necessary sorry i i should say that i don't i would not recommend flushing with soap water at all what i do is i take the nib and the feed out and i i use soap water to uh very deliberately deal with the nib and the feed wait you never the cartridge 
you take it out, the whole, like... The nib and the feed, yeah. Huh. Okay. If, if it's clogged, if it's clogged, that's what I do. Oh, okay, okay, because I typically, I try really... Most of the time, I try not to do that, basically. Yeah, because you're going to put wear on the feed and the nib. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, I think if it's clogged, maybe, just maybe, using an ultrasonic cleaner is probably a better choice. Granted, I don't even have one yet. <laughs> I might want to buy that one if my uh, tendency to uh, forget ink in a uh, pen that I don't use on a daily basis continues. Especially if you're using any kind of carbon ink, you're maybe going to want to get one. I don't have an ultrasonic cleaner yet, but... Um, but I feel like my pen cleaning regimen has been good enough that I don't need one. But an ultrasonic cleaner would be a good purchase. Yeah, because uh, the last time I had the, uh, one of the pen BBS, I forgot I had ink in there. I think it took me uh, a good soak about four days <laughs> to get all the ink out of it. Oh, that was a while. Wait. Yeah. So, yeah, I think an ultrasonic cleaner is probably a good investment if you are like, a forgetful time person. Yeah, I, uh, I I really like my schedule. Once I set that up, it was like, great. I know what colors I'm using. I know which pens I'm using. I properly rotate things so that everything works. Um, I like it. And I get to see what pens I've used. Oh, all right. Oh, so, I mean, let me, let's get back to topic a little bit. <laughs> uh, regards to a fountain tip nibs, um, what is your current favorite Okay, out of I know you use stub. Okay, out of all the stubs, like which <laughs> which kind do you like the most? So, um, I would say my favorite stub, like, uh, so I mean, we have a good range of cheap to expensive pens, right? Yeah. My favorite is the Lamy One Point One. That's my favorite. I think it's okay. like five dollars. I think this uh, the stub nib itself is five dollars, and the Safari pen itself is like twenty bucks. Super cheap, but it's like my favorite stub nib. It's so smooth, so easy to work with. I've never had to tune it ever. It it's extremely smooth. My favorite used to be the 1.5, because like that's when I was like, oh my god, it looks so great. But I realized that the 1.1 is much better for daily usage. So I almost always have a one 1.1 inked up, and the Lamy is by far my favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Mm. How about you? For me, my favorite nib is oh gee, I honestly don't know actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, okay, well, I can it's a medium, you, right? Yeah, well, y practical practicality wise, is a medium, yeah. But that that's that's for like completely objective. That's for completely utilitarian usage. As yep. long as I do like a little bit variant. I can tell you that I do not like to tune titanium nib, nor do I like how finicky it is. Right, but and I think I, you said last time that the titanium nibs specifically were a little harder to work with. Harder to work with, and uh, on the uh, on the rougher paper, they actually kind of misbehave from time to time too, mm -hmm. which is... Uh, well, my my work uses rougher plotting paper from time to time, so on those they, they don't work too well. At the same time, 
um, but at the same time, titanium is super wet. So on ink, on like interesting color inks, on ink that has a、uh, say shimmer ink, <laughs>、mm-hmm. I toss it on titanium nib and it works just fine. Even、uh, if you let sit for a while, and、uh, that that's a minus and plus for titanium. It's like a kind of like a love hate relationship with the pen because、yeah. every time I use it, it reminds me of how unruly that stupid nib is.、Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it. it It is a nib that gives you a lot of.、Uh, it, it can it has a slight variation in the width if you just press down a little bit. At the same time, that nib is just so wet, so that it expresses the ink really well, in terms of a、uh, ink special shading properties and such. So you know, you're making you're making me want to use my titanium nib again. I have my、uh, titanium flex、uh, semi semi light flex nib.、Um, I should probably ink that up next time. Yeah, I will. I will give it a, a try. I think you also have the same issue as、uh, the, the the initial roughness. But、um, I mean, if you, I think for titanium, you if you stick with really good coated paper, like the、uh, Rodia seventy or eighty gram GSM,、mm-hmm. or、um, even、uh, Tomoe paper. Tomoe or, paper, yeah, Tomoe paper, Rodia, Maruza. We're gonna have、Nemesine. to. We're gonna have to do an episode. We're gonna have to do an episode on paper, soon on、uh, paper. Yeah, we、uh, haven't talked about paper at all, basically. Yeah, yeah, we should probably do probably the next episode from paper. Yeah, yeah. If you use those, like if you use higher quality paper, I think titanium will actually work really well.、Mm-hmm. So there's that, and、uh, um, the Nakai elastic nib was actually uh. I I like it a lot actually. It is it is more I I would say I prefer that more than the FA nib of the Pilot、uh-huh. because I find the, that the sorry I I find that the FA nib like it's great when it works, but I get so many false starts, hard starts on that. Like I I I ended up not using it anymore. I probably need to tune it, but yeah, haven't used yeah. it in a while. I mean,、uh, you you kind of. I I believe you actually widened that nib a little bit, so maybe you did a little bit too much. So now it's having maybe I don't know. I'm not sure, but I don't use that one quite as much as like my、uh, some of the other flex nibs that I have. Yeah. So I mean the、uh, for me the elastic nib is actually it's it's just a really soft and cushiony feeling when you ride it. It doesn't really、mm-hmm. change much in terms of a width and stuff, but it just feels really soft. Like the the ta- the tactile feedback on the nib and the pen is. That's more of a、really、writing、smooth. experience thing. Yeah,、right? yeah, yeah. So I actually like that one quite a bit. Is is softer in a sense, actually. It, yeah, it's actually softer than titanium nib,、mm-hmm. but then it. Actually, it also has the issue with being unruly on that nib, so I had to be careful with the ink selection for that nib, due to how soft that nib is. So, yeah, I guess my two favorite nib are titanium and the elastic nib, even though those two also give me the most trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you like the things that give you that are just a little bit harder to work with, right? But they、yeah. stand out in your mind. Yeah, they 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 definitely stand out. Like, but I mean, you have all the.、Uh, Stuff that I use and the medium I use, I can just pick up and write any time, and、uh, they're definitely workhorse pens and nib that、uh, 
that I would just uh, pick it up and uh, have no issue working with them. And on the contrary, the Titanium, and actually no, Titanium doesn't have any issues starting up. The Elastic used to have issues with hard starts and uh, mm-hmm. drying up easily and all the other crap I had to fix. Yeah, I remember you had initial issues uh, when you initially bought it. Yeah, yeah, I think I almost returned the pen. Uh, but I figured like, it, w- it was a relatively expensive pen and don't want to go through the postal system possibly <laughs> getting lost. Yeah. And uh, so I just took it on myself and tried to fix a nib. I think it took me probably close to 16, 20 hours total. Wow, jeez. Yeah, I tried to troubleshoot it and finally realized how to fix it. It, it, it was, it's, a, it's a learning experience, but then... Uh, and you took some major risk there. That's, a, that's not a cheap pen. That's, that's the most expensive pen between the both of us. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, I mean, I just look at. It. I mean, if you take it out, the the really only risking part is your 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 risk damage in the grip section. So mm-hmm. I think the grip section, and well, technically, if you replace it, it's gonna look a different color. But what are you gonna do? I mean, for me, it's either that or send it back to USPS and risk losing the pen, <laughs> which I, altogether, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. So screw it. I just decided to take on myself and try to fix it, which I did. It just takes a lot of research and a lot of experience. Not a lot of experience, a lot of pain, I would say, uh, in a sense. Because, like, you know, I cannot really work on anything that is uh, in front of me for too long, whereas my hand goes numb. So, um, so I, I have a quick question. So, you know, we've been using pens for a long time now. And we, we talked a little bit about, like, what our favorite nibs are, but, like, what was your, like, your favorite nibs over the span of time, right? Like, I remember you used to love the extra fine nibs, right? So can you talk about your evolution of your favorite nibs through time? I wouldn't say, like, evolution. It just, like, slightly, long, it just more and more adapting to what I'm using. Uh, mm-hmm. Fine nib was okay when I limit to just writing in journals and the notebooks, but then right. when I need to start writing on like general copy paper, uh, crap, uh, like slightly worse quality. Okay, I wouldn't say slightly worse quality, very much worse in quality because my company buys really crap papers. Like <laughs> most companies buy, <laughs> yeah. you know, not I mean, yeah. the fa- not found grade pen paper, right? Oh, most no, people, no. most companies some, don't. Some of those papers are. Like I think the cheapest GSM, she can she our, our secretary can get her hands on because of course mm-hmm. she wanna she wanna keep the cost down. Right. So yeah, and uh, so so after a while the the fine slowly moved to median and the uh, median median slightly. I mean after that I I look at some of the stuff and uh, I figure hey I'll give it a try and. Uh, Tried it, realized I don't like it that much in terms of practical use. But then, a one point six works great as a highlighter, and that's why it becomes it, I use it as a highlighter. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's it's not like I aim for a certain nib. It just for my workflow and my lifestyle. It just eventually median nibs and uh, whether it's wet or dry it just depends on the nib come it becomes an income but i pretty much nailed down my uh, paper selection and the stuff that i use so i know that with the median nib that i have most of the paper will work with it uh, even if it's on a really wet ink or the really uh, really absorbent paper service 
if I just turn my nib around on a lot of nib because I, I actually grind it myself. I make sure the upside down writing still works with the certain with the most nibs I have. So even Whoa, writing if, upside down, that's 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 getting to different territory here. Like writing upside <laughs> using the nib upside down. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't I don't, a lot of people don't know that that you could use a nib that way. Really? Um yeah, I guess it's not commonly advertised or uh because for nib masters, uh nib masters if you want to do that, they need to take care of both sides. Mm-hmm. But then uh yeah, I mean if if you ever get your nib regrind by somebody, uh, if you request it, I'm pretty sure they can easily just I wouldn't say easily, okay? Uh they they can adjust the nib for you so that it actually writes both way. But what it means is typical for most nibs is that once you write your nib upside down, it is gonna give you a much finer uh nib width and the much less water uh ink output. So Yeah, I would say that like usually if you have a medium nib, when you flip it upside down, it kinda writes like a little bit extra fine. Yeah, it I just would depends. say extra fine. It depends. But uh the for typical grinding and the upside down will give you probably extra fine. Um, it's not guaranteed per se because most of a nib is not. They don't really try to do upside down writing as well as a normal writing. But you're if thinking you, outside the box. You're yeah, doing something not necessarily prescribed for the pen by doing it, but it does work. Yeah, if you get, uh, I mean, a lot of sailor nib, that a special sailor nib. The Nibmeister actually he grinded specifically so he can write on both sides. Yeah, but those are specialty. Yeah, those are specialty nibs, not your typical nibs. And uh, typical one that the mass manufacturer from Lamy, from Pilot, the uh, I would say even even the uh, gold nibs. Most of the time, they are not meant to write upside down from factory. When I say mint, is mean that they don't put that in consideration. If you luck out, you might probably gonna have a nib that can do both. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't bet one hundred percent that it will work out of the box. Yeah. But like I said, um, for most of my media nib, I I can I can get to the point that writing upside down works. So it just becomes a media nib and a fine nib on the upside down side, and uh, that that works with my workflow and uh, whatever I need to write down most of the time. So mm-hmm. that works fine. And it's, so right now, medium nib is my preferred nib, basically. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Especially, like we said, like you have a u- very utilitarian purpose for these pens. Yeah. Hey, um, actually, out of all the nibs, is there anything that you still want to try or buy? So, I mean, I've gone a little history on my pen experience. Um, I went initially for super super extra fine the finest that i can go and then i realized that didn't work so then i went to fine then to medium and then i tried stub and then as you as you go through this pen process you start getting i don't know infatuated with the new pen nib right so then flex nibs were the new thing so we went for the fa nib um the pilot fa nib but then everyone talks about how it's not quite a vintage flex nib so then i want to get the vintage flex nib and so i mean through this journey you're just trying all the things and then you just realize you know what? i just need a reliable pen that i can just count on and ink up and not have to worry about so that's why i jumped back down to the stub nib and that's kind of where i stayed 
Um, in terms of like, do I want to try any of the new nibs uh, or any of the other fancier nibs? I feel like I've gotten a good taste now where like I don't get, not sucked, but like I don't get, I don't know, taken away by, by, by anything. It's like I already know the kind of nib that I like. Like no more impulsive purchases on nibs? Yeah, no, no more impulsive purchases. Like, uh, I remember in the past, like, it would always be like, oh, there's a new nib that flexes in a different way. It's like, no, it's it's fine. I, I understand how flex nibs work now. It's I, 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 can, I can use them, I can write with them, and it's okay. Yeah, because I think you even went as far as, far as getting the uh, vintage wet noodle nibs too, right? Yep. Yep, they do write amazingly well. They feel great when, like, they flex like nothing. Like they're 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 like literal. It's the closest you can get to like writing with a brush pen feel, but not. It's really hard to describe. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really super infatuated with any new nibs. I'm really happy where I am, just improving my writing, um, using my writing to express myself in my journals. Um, enjoying the different colors that come on the pen um, and, and just kind of rotating through all the different nibs that I have. Okay. Um, well, for me is, um, I think the only, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the only nib, but the, the one I can talk, I can come up with the top of my mind is definitely the, uh, the uh, Sailor Cross nibs. Are those like those uh, the the super fancy yeah, ones that can write the, at any angle? No, they are the uh, stack nibs. Yeah, the any nib, I think you're, the any angle one. There's a Mont Blanc one. It's, it's mm. I can't remember the name. It is not it is not broad. It is they call it something else. But that one is meant to write any angle. But that's not it. I'm talking about mm -hmm. the um, the Sailor Cross nib, which is the stack nib, and uh, basically the nibmeister the he stacked two nibs together. He wallowed two of them together, and then the nibs actually it's like a cross shape. That's why it's called cross. I want to try mm -hmm. cross music because it is like a, uh, it is a stub. No, it is not stub. I'm sorry. It is an architect nib that right. is super thick with a vertical strike at a uh, certain angle, but then it be they also become much finer as you tilt up more to a ninety degrees angle. So that is a name I want to try. I I do remember the older series because like the old the new cross music is not compatible. They they made the nib specifically so I think it costs like 700 bucks now, man, for That's for... an expensive nib. $700, <laughs> that's super expensive. Yeah, like, for... I I I I get that like there's they they welded two nibs together, but geez. Yeah, it it, it it's a little bit on the harder side to make, but still decide to price. I think $700 is a USA dollar without fat if you buy it from oh, Europe. Oh, jeez. That is like the cheapest I could find. If we buy it local USA, it costs like $800 something dollars, if I recall correctly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so they are not cheap. Um, but the benefit you get is that they... They they have a very very, very unique writing experience. Basically, mm. uh, it's a stack nib. You you have a massive giant nib. I've been in front of it, and they they are super wet. Apparently, 
is like a fire hose. <laughs> so it's called Cross Music. I think uh, five, six years ago, Nibs.com had them in stock. A very limited uh, yeah, stock. Yeah, I remember you sharing this to me. Yeah, I remember I was on the toilet and I was, I was debating whether I should, because I think back then adding the Cross Music cost $400 to and to an existing pen that you want to buy from them right so it's so, only a 400 dollars add-on yeah well i mean only quote-unquote because when only. the pen costs like 200 bucks it's like a 600 dollar purchases and i was on the, I, I remember i was on the toilet I, I just cannot put my mind to getting it and uh well, and now it's seven hundred. <laughs> yeah, fast forward. Now it's freaking seven hundred, eight hundred dollars for that, for a non-exchangeable version of the nib. Like you Ooh. cannot put the other, you cannot put on the other nib pen because I made it differently. Hmm. Ay, ay, So that's the only one I'm really looking for. I think um, a lot, a lot of the newer generation nib master, uh, nib masters, they are working on stack nib. But they are in so limited quantities that it's hard for me to get them. Yeah. In general. I, I, I feel like I need to see and try it out first before I... Like like other nibs, like you can kind of understand what they might do. But this is one where like, nah, that's... The bar of entry is a little too high for this one for me. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a little bit on the... It's definitely on the high side. Nah, I'm not arguing against that. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, that well, that's very good concluding our nib session for the day. And uh, actually, yeah. you know what? Let, let's go over some of the newer stuff on the market, if possible. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a link I sent you uh, previously? Yep. The you got the, it right the, here. Yeah, the new Pilot Vanishing Point LS. Did you see that one yet? That yeah. So. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a person who th wants to say that they can make logical purchases and logical choices, um, and I already have a pilot vanishing point. But when I saw the push on that, I was like, "Oh, okay, hmm, that's pretty nice." <laughs> it it is we should idea. we should put this we should put the, the the video in the show notes or something so that people can click on the link but it's basically uh the pilot vanishing point is a pen unlike most fountain pens it is a uh, um a push it's a push pen so it's like a, you push the button clicker pen clicker pen i'll click it right now so you guys can hear it right you click it and the pen nib comes out of its encasing and you can write with it and when you're done you click it and it'll go back in, right? Well, this pen, apparently, when you click it, it has like a slow, what, what, what's the word, Act, actuation point? Like it, um, it's just... Yeah, it's like a slow retraction. I don't know how they did it, but then uh, it is, yeah, it has a really smooth movement to go back into you know the how, You know how like when you're in like, a model home and you have those like kitchen drawers where you open it and then you try to slam it shut but it doesn't slam shut it slowly closes itself elegantly that's soft that's close. like what this yeah that's soft awesome. close that's that's what this um push pen will do now and that's like oh okay that's pretty luxurious i like that <laughs> i i mean i looked at it uh i'm not sure i will pay a hundred 
$50 extra for it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it is very nice. It, I, it, it is very nice. It if, is very, very nice. I don't know. I, 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 th- this is something I'm going to put away in my, like, eh, we'll see in the Maybe future. List. We'll see. <laughs> it's it's in the it's in the it's in the um what is it i i have a special section that's like uh, window shopping that's just like ah maybe maybe someday okay okay so next one is uh i think there is the uh, visconti color series yeah now visconti is one of those companies that i have not uh, really delved into uh, I, I've delved into most of the pen companies but Visconti is one that I have not so I like the Visconti series I have some of the inks but not their pens I mean personally I've been eyeing their uh, I used to really want to try to get at least one of their um, I believe it is uh, celluloid suspended in, in uh, acrylic they call something mm-hmm. called Acaloy or something like that. They are their series. Um, but at the same time, it is like seven, eight hundred dollars for yeah. for pretty much like a demonstrator pen. So is I mean, I understand the materials unique. I understand that uh, they used to use palladium, which is even more interesting compared to the current nib, like a current common nib that everyone uses. Yeah, but. Yeah, I I didn't pull the trigger back then, but uh, I think the concept of Homo sapien nibs, uh, Homo sapien pens are actually pretty interesting because like you have a pen that is completely made of rocks that used to be completely black, but now mm-hmm. this series are dyed, so they comes in what white, red, and uh, uh, let's say this sand Come color. To- Oh, kind of like, a, like yeah. a sand brown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The official name is Sandstorm. So, yeah, I guess sand brown is the right word. I'm just not now, sure so- how durable the uh, the uh, NT coloration, the finish they have, though. Because specifically, they say they tested it out so the, the, um, they wouldn't get stained by the ink. But at the same time, it is still a uh, absorbing uh, service. So, I wonder how staying resisting it is i mean the it's supposedly made out of like quote-unquote lava rock right so lava rock is a pretty porous um thing so a white porous rock pen if you get any blue on it like it's good to suddenly be a blue pen i don't know and maybe i can color it, you i can color using base state blue if if people don't know frank's favorite color is blue like I'm pretty sure if, if if he could change anything in his everything in his house to the color blue, he would do it. So the only reason why you're not getting a Visconti Homo sapien color pen is because they don't have blue. And like I said, maybe I can get the white one, get rid of the uh, special finishes that is prevent stain, and I can just stain using base state blue. That would be the magic combination, wouldn't it? Like just uh, you, you might as well just try it, right? Like just dunk your six hundred dollar pen, your new six hundred dollar pen into some base state blue, and then you suddenly have a blue pen. Yeah, but I sometimes I'll stay my pen. I'll stay my hand every single time I use that <laughs> pen. <laughs> but I think honestly, overall, I'm not sure I like the uh, new color series. Uh, I, I because I like the fact the uh, the old black one. It is. It's just like a, a really, even though it's not priced, 
at the uh, at the everyday carry pricing point because it's still like four hundred five dollar pen. But I think the yeah. black one actually withstand. It is probably the pen that you can carry everywhere with you if you're not afraid to lose it. Because, yeah, and I, I think the black yeah. looks a little classy too. Of the three new ones, the the white, the red, and the sand color, the white one would kind of be in my ballpark because I like the I like you know that. But I don't know if I would go for any of these. I, if I, I was uh, gonna get one, I would get the the original one at the moment. Really? Yeah, I, I think yeah. if the red one is even like darker. Like a burgundy, Actually, yeah, burgundy. Like in fact, like if I if I can mix the red one and the black a little bit, so it actually looks like molten lava. Mm, I maybe probably want that one if I actually create something like that. But for the time being, yeah, I think I still prefer the original black color more than that. But hey, this one apparently is actually magnetic cap closing system. They were, so oh, they're magnetic caps. The other one is a, a just a, a twist lock, right? Yeah, it has its own like a. Uh, I wouldn't say I would say it. it's like a hook and lock it mechanism. That's what they call it. So mm-hmm. you kind of just twist the pin a little bit and locks in. It's like a little hook that is uh, engraved into the cap and engraved into the uh, the barrel, so mm-hmm. that you actually you can close the pin and open the pin really easily. But yeah, and uh, of course the next one is the uh, Sailor Ink, the Studio Two Five Four and the Two Two Four series. And uh, I think, well, the specialty for this ink is that they're supposedly showing different colors on uh, different types of paper. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, for example, the 254, it is, uh, let me find the picture of it. Supposedly, they show three different paper. One of them is copy paper. One of them is... uh, Copy paper, top quality paper, and just printing paper. Yeah. Copy use paper, top quality paper, and... uh... So the colors will shade based on the paper that you used. Yeah, or it'll, the, it'll have a different color depending on the paper that supposedly, you used. Supposedly, yeah. If you use like... Oh, yeah, I remember now. The, the middle one. Basically, that ink sheens too. I think that's what mm, it does. Okay. So when you use the uh, the middle non-porous paper, it shines green a little supposedly, and the, the top is a top quality paper that turns a little bit purple. For example, two five the two five two does that, and when you use a uh, copy paper that absorbs more, uh, that's more absorbent, the ink color actually uh, is lighter. So I think I think that is a pretty interesting ink that I would like to try and buy. Yeah, I mean, ink is definitely one of those things where, like, if they have some new color with some new ink color property, like, I'm totally down. Like, it's yeah, an easy bar of entry for me. Especially this is a, well, I heard some people say this is really expensive because this is a 20 milliliter bottle for 18 bucks. It, I mean, it is pretty small, yeah. Yeah, but I think uh, for the amount of ink that both of us has right now, 20 milliliter is probably a better buy <laughs> instead I, of I would the st- typical 30 or 50. Yep. Totally. I would still probably die before I finished using that. Yeah, so I think uh the this 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 line of ink is uh pretty good and uh 
pretty ideal for me to uh, dive in and try it out. So when it finally comes in stock online, I will, oh, coming in October, apparently, according to Gulet.com. So, and... Oh, perfect. So pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. I think it should be available in October for most other pen stores, too. So I just had to wait for the uh, shipping, not shipping, the uh, in-stock notification. And uh, yeah. We'll give our own. Re- we'll give the review of that ink on on here. Yep, and yeah. So, I think we are dragging on this uh, podcast a little bit, exceeding the one hour mark we set ourselves. Uh, we yeah, a little bit, but it's all right. We got yeah. some new products to talk about. Yeah, so I think we should probably end it soon. Uh, I think next week we will talk about papers, as uh, we discuss middle way through our conversation. Yeah, so, I, oftentimes the pen hobby focuses so much on the pen, but not on the paper. So next next time. Yeah, I think paper is an interesting topic too because uh, a lot of users typically kind of ignore the paper aspect of mm-hmm. their of their of the pen hobby, and often than that, their issues with the uh, pen slash ink, where what they thought is an issue with the pen slash ink actually comes from the paper. So. Yep. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about it next time, and uh, hopefully we'll cover uh, a little more detail and uh, don't run over time like by 20 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's cool. All right. Uh, got I'll all the time in the world now in quarantine. Or, yeah, all right. Yeah, but no, two, two weeks' time. All right. See you later. See you.